Welcome to the High Income Business Writing Podcast, helping you propel your writing business to a whole new level. And now, here's your host, Ed Gandia. Hey there, thank you for joining me for episode 93 of the High Income Business Writing Podcast. My name is Ed Gandia, and this is the podcast for business writers and copywriters who want to take their writing businesses to the six-figure level or the part-time equivalent. As a quick reminder, you can find detailed show notes for this episode by going to b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 93. Hey, happy new year. Uh, you know, it's it's another year, uh, another clean slate, another opportunity to start something new and to take some risks, to try things that we haven't tried before to get out of our comfort zones. This is a very exciting time of year. Uh, even though these are changes we can make at any time, there's something about that first week or two of the year that are very, very special. So hope you had a, a great holiday with your family. Hope that um, things are going well for you and that you have some exciting plans for this coming year. So this is part two of a two-part series on money and freelancing. And in part one, Diana Huff talked about how to manage cash flow more effectively when you have a variable income. And today's episode is a little bit different. So Diana's episode was very hands-on, very practical, uh, very tangible and concrete. This one takes another side of, of the story. This, this one addresses the other side of the coin and we get into the mindset of earning more, of having an earning a higher income as a freelance professional. My guest is Rhonda Page. And let me tell you a little bit about Rhonda. Rhonda is an ideator, clarifier, and forward thinker. She's worked at top graphic design and branding firms for 25 years and brought them hundreds of thousands of dollars in new business along the way. She's worked on the biggest global brands for companies like Kraft, Coca-Cola, and others, and assumed the role of designer, account director, brand strategist, and consumer insight specialist while doing business development throughout. These days, she works with design and branding firms all over the world, helping them plan their success by combining her expertise, her ideas about where the industry is headed, and her inner game success strategies. I've known Rhonda for a few years, and I think she's got some wonderful ideas to share with you here today. If you've been following me for a while, you already know how strongly I believe in adopting the right mindset in your business. Everything, and I mean everything, starts with mindset. Your mindset guides your actions, and your actions dictate your results. But it all starts with mindset, whether you realize it or not. And when it comes to your income, it's especially important to adopt a healthy mindset. It's so much easier to earn more and to enjoy the fruits of your labor when you have the right beliefs about this stuff. So without further ado, I'm going to bring Rhonda on. I hope you enjoy this as much as you did part one of the series, and I'll come back at the end with a couple of quick announcements. Hey, Rhonda, welcome to the show. Thank you. Nice to be here. It's good to have you here. Good to have you here. So we're talking about a, obviously, a, a, an evergreen hot topic, 
money-making mindset, something that uh, I know a lot of freelancers uh, we struggle with. So it's um, glad, glad to bring this perspective into the show. Yes, it's definitely something a lot of freelancers are struggling with. And, and before we get into kind of the, the, the very specific ideas that you're going to share with us today, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, what kind, of, what kind of work you do. Tell us about your background as well so people have some context. Okay. I started in, as a graphic designer a, a while ago. Let's just say a while ago. Okay. <laughs> More than a year or two like, ago. <laughs> like, say, 20-plus years. Okay. So um, I started as a graphic designer And I quickly evolved from being a designer to doing brand strategy work and account direction at different branding and design firms. And um, and later, and I did business development throughout for for these firms that I worked at. So I did marketing, sales, business development, worked on projects. So I kind of have the whole spectrum of the design and branding business. Worked with a lot of copywriters as well, and uh, and have been out on my own many times in addition to working for all different firms worked on global brands for big companies like Kraft and Coca-Cola and I've also worked with uh, consultants and coaches and solopreneurs so all different kinds of experiences very cool um, and I guess to kind of segue into the, the topic for for the interview, I'm curious, like, obviously you've given this a lot of thought, this whole idea of the the money-making mindset, but um, where did this stem from? Like, what got you thinking more about this and at at this level? Kind of being messed up, to be honest. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Got me thinking about it back in, I guess it was going back to around 2001. And um, I got divorced at that time. I was alone with two kids, two small kids. I was petrified about money. I was super anxious. Just things were not going well. And um, I started to search for other answers beyond kind of the obvious. Mm -hmm. And I guess it was my yoga instructor that put me onto a book called Ask and It Is Given where it talked about how your thoughts create your life. And this was like a really new new idea for me. I had never heard that before, and I wasn't sure what to think about it. But I decided to just trying some of the stuff in the book, and it just all made sense. Like I started really paying attention to my thoughts, and I started to notice that You know, I was having a negative thought like every two seconds. It was all day, every day. And uh, and then I got the idea to put a a rubber band around my wrist and start noticing those thoughts. And, you know, at first it's like terrifying because you're like, wow, I'm negative all the time. And then I started to, you know, take those negative thoughts and and turn them around and be more positive. And, you know, less and less it's taken years of practice. But, you know, now it's the opposite. 
after after a lot of different practice and then I started to take classes in this and really understand that there's a lot more to creating abundance than just kind of getting more clients or or sort of what's on the surface. So you got 10 very specific ideas to develop this this kind of mindset and I love that because when it comes to this topic especially mindset about anything um what i find is a lot of people get it they they understand they need to improve their mindset but that's that's where the advice stops oh just develop a better mindset okay great well <laughs> it's a nice idea but how do i do that in in real life you know when everything's kind of coming at me at once and real life is happening what specific actions can i take to kind of replace my current model and, and the kind of that negative self-talk, which like you said, many times we don't even realize with a different kind of self-talk and a different kind of mindset. So um, we're going to be going through, through these steps. And I, I think what you just said is a good segue into the first one, right? Mm-hmm. Pay attention to your thoughts. So tell us about that. I mean, so, what can you do here? Cause pay attention is one thing, but what do you do with them? Well, it's interesting because everybody has a choice about whether they can get roped into their thoughts, engaged or not. And that's kind of a new concept to a lot of people. Like, you don't have to engage if you have a bad thought. Like, you can just kind of watch your thoughts going by. And they teach this a lot in meditation and, and, and things like that and yoga where you could just, like, start to notice become separate from your thoughts because um, you aren't your thoughts. They're just kind of going through your head, but you don't have to start a, start to grab hold and get roped in, especially when they're not good. Like you can go down a whole, you know, it can take you down for a whole day. Um, once you start, once you get started, it could just, it, it can just spiral out of control and we all see that happening. It's really easy, but one of the easiest things to do is just to notice, like just to start to notice and not, and be more like, Oh wow, here we go. Okay. Thank you very much. Next. Like we don't have to sit and get roped into all that nonsense and chatter. Most of it's not helpful at all. Yeah, so so this is, and what would you recommend? I mean, is it just maybe a few times a day reminding yourself to just kind of pay attention and take note of what's kind of flowing through your head? Yeah, and um, the rubber band thing worked really well, like to just kind of pull on it every time I had a negative thought. And I found at first I was doing it every two seconds. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and then after a while, like, you know, lost the rubber band and forgot about it. And so sort of there was starting to be more positive in there than negative. So the rubber band was really the reminder. Yeah, it was really helpful. I once did a talk and gave them out to everybody. I said, here, put this on. (laughs) Gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah, throughout the day, just pay attention to what's going on, which, frankly, I don't think most of us are not doing. Um, Well, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. You know, I coach a lot of people, and when they start to tell me what's going on in their head, I'm like, whoa. Um, 
the other thing is um, words start to pay attention to how you're talking because words have power. And when you're talking in a negative way about everything, you can you can almost notice that you're starting to feel dragged down and negative. That you know when you're when you're saying a lot of negative things to people, and and it's interesting to start noticing people out there in the world. Just even when you say to somebody, "How are you doing?" and they say, "I'm surviving" or "I'm alive." Yeah. you know and that's like so that's not an, those aren't energizing thoughts you know not at all <laughs> not at all all right so that's that's a great great start uh tell me about uh the second idea so the second idea is about gratitude being grateful for what's going well even if even if it's just the fact that you got up in the morning some you know it it starts somewhere but it's amazed it's amazing you know gratitude kind of changes your vibration quickly like your whole vibe can change when you focus on gratitude and you know a lot of people keep a, a gratitude journal and they start every day with gratitude or go to bed every night by writing in their gratitude journal instead of watching the news, which is a really negative thing to do before bed or at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, gratitude, just when you start to focus on what's going well, it builds on itself. I mean, even if it's like the smallest thing, like somebody bought you a coffee or, you know, just the smallest little thing or a friend called and you know, you had a nice chat, like any, any small things that you can find to be grateful for, it just changes your whole vibe and it can start to put you in a much more positive thinking place. I start every day with a part of my morning routine is a gratitude list in its stream of consciousness. Many times it's the same things. It doesn't really matter. I'm not there to create a unique list every day. It's just whatever comes to mind. Yeah, and, I love um, that. Man, it is so powerful. Um, as, as routine as it's gotten for me, it's still extremely powerful. Yeah, that it, is really powerful. It forces me, actually, during a day, it forces me to pay more attention to things that I'm grateful for. So mm-hmm. it makes me more aware throughout the day. It's not just those five minutes in the morning. It, it really makes me uh, pay attention. Yeah, it's a great thing to do in the morning. It can really change your whole day. So let's talk about the third idea, the third strategy. Um, hang out with people who have an abundance vibe. What's that? Um, tell, tell, tell me more about that. People who are positive and abundant. And, um, you know, you, you start to, when you get onto this track, you start to pay attention to the people in your life. And you may start to notice, like, if you're really not in a good place and super negative and not not uh, doing well in your life or in your business, um, start to notice the people you're hanging out with because are they all sitting around complaining how life sucks and the economy sucks and there's no business out there? Like, I don't know anybody like that. Mm -hmm. I don't have anybody like that in my life. And it's interesting because once in a while when I come across somebody like that, it's such an affront. Like, I'm like just you know, really put off because my friends are all 
positive, happy people, and they're all doing well in their lives, and you know, making good money, and so that's that's a really important thing as well. If you're sitting around with people that are just dragging you down and complaining all the time, that just creates a lot of negative energy, especially the uh, the whole talking to other people, talking about people thing. You know, when you go by any coffee shop or any restaurant, all people are doing is talking about other people, what's wrong with them, what they did, what they didn't do, and that all that is just such a waste of energy and just brings so much negative energy around you. You're not doing anything to the person you're talking about. You know, and I'm, I'm curious, what happens if maybe the people that you spend a lot of time with um, are, are actually pretty negative? Like, so let's say your spouse um, <laughs> or, you know, you have a parent that lives with you. I don't know, anything like that. You can't really kick them out of the house. Um, like, what's your advice there? Because I know a lot of people are in that situation. Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, you really have to look after yourself and set boundaries with other people. And, you know, I've had a few people in my life where I've just said, you know what, you're, I, you're, I'm happy to talk to you, but you're going to have to be more positive. Just come up with something because I just can't listen to this anymore. Yeah. I'm with you. I, uh, even on Facebook, you know, I have to be on Facebook a lot because a lot of my private forums for my coaching programs are on Facebook so automatically you see that, but you know, you can't help yourself, right? You start scrolling down and I'm starting to not unfriend people, but I'm starting to kind of tone down, um, the, the, the people I'm, um, I'm, I'm following and so forth because the negativity there, I mean, I stopped watching the news like eight, eight, nine years ago because of it. And now I'm seeing it here. Yeah. So it's like, Whoa, man, this is just as bad, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like surrounding yourself in a better energy. Totally. All right. So what's this next idea about giving some away? I took this course called um, Prosperity Plus, and they talked a lot about um, giving, you know, giving your time, your talents, and your treasure. So really putting, putting, um, you know, if you want to create abundance in your life, really put out abundance you know, give away money, give away, give away time, give away talent, do things for people. And it kind of goes into circulation and comes back to you. And I found that to be true when I take the time. And it's kind of a neat thing to do regardless. It's just to get out of your own head and not be focused on yourself and just go help somebody else. And, um, and it, that creates abundance in your life. And, and, you know, treat a friend to coffee. You know, buy, buy somebody something that you wouldn't normally do. Or, you know, it doesn't have to be give away all your money. But, you know, they say, um, they said when I took this course that it's great to give, you know, sort of 10% kind of thing of the money you make to sort of uh, an organization that feeds you spiritually. So... I do that sometimes. I just do different things, but it's, uh, I find that it just kind of puts, puts more into circulation. Yeah. This is an idea that struck me as really odd when I first heard it. And I thought there was an agenda behind it. It's taken me years to accept it, but I couldn't (laughs) agree more. Um, and I found that it's a common thread 
in a lot of uh, religions and mm-hmm. which automatically sets people off. Right. Like, oh, there's an agenda. Um, right. If you look at the most successful people in the world and let's just say financial success, mm-hmm. um, they give and they give generously and not, not only do they give generously, but they have a real plan. It's not impulsive. It's very, I was reading the, um, um, the biography of John D Rockefeller and think what you want about him. I actually had some other preconceived notions until I read the book. But this man had very specific plans for how he was giving. It was like a business, really, and um, very methodical. But that was at the top. It was giving. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how many other people have followed that uh, who are financially successful. Yeah. Yeah. I hear a lot of amazing stories, too. So, and it just kind of feels good. Like, I think when you're like in that energy of like holding on to your money for dear life, it's not, that's not a good place to be. You have to feel more sort of in the flow and that it's all just part of the circulation, kind of the universe. Yes. Okay. So let's talk about strategy number five. Look at beliefs from childhood. This is like a really big one. (laughs) It's amazing how many people have issues around money, pretty much everybody, Um, because there was always those things that your parents said. You know, even even if your family had money, your parents were always telling you money doesn't grow on trees and all that kind of stuff. Um, I have clients that tell me their parents had money but never spent it. And so now they don't feel worthy. And there's like a lot of beliefs around money that come from childhood. It comes from, you know, sort of the first 12 years of your life where you're really formed. And, uh, you know, I've done a lot of work to clear out a lot of these beliefs. And so have a lot of other people I know. So, um, you know, it's kind of if you're not doing well, uh, successfully or you're not where you want to be, you really need to work on yourself. And that's something that a lot of people don't know. They just kind of blame it on the economy or whatever else. But really, um, people have to take responsibility and work on themselves. You know, it's interesting. I grew up in uh, in the 70s and those are really tough times. And I know I've, I've, I've paid attention to that. A lot of my beliefs today have come from that, from growing up in a very difficult decade where my parents had to scramble. Mm -hmm. It's interesting how that kind of stays with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, there's a lot of issues around money. I'm very intrigued about this next one. Look at a loss as an opportunity because it seems like it's easier said than done. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, way easier said than done, but I've done it. <laughs> um, and I I guess my best example was, um, you know, about five years ago, I guess, when I first started my business, I there was there was a client that wanted to work with me, and I think their budget was around $5,000 or something, 
And, but uh, the more I spoke to them, I was thinking this, this for $5,000, they're going to suck the life out of me. That's not nearly enough for what they want to do. And in the end, it didn't work out. And, um, I guess I took a pass. I think I told them it wasn't a good fit and I took a pass and I was like terrified to do that. But I sort of had this feeling that it wasn't going to work out and it wasn't going to be good. And, um, and then a week later, it was exactly one week later, I got a $25,000 project that was like perfect for me. It was perfect client, perfect project. It was interesting, fun. And I realized that, that, you know, that, if I had taken that other one on, all my time would have been taken up with it for not such good money. And with this new one, you know, so I kind of left the space open for something new. So it was really cool. So I don't get too fussed now if I don't get a project or if I don't get a client. I'm not, I'm not too attached. I just figure there's something better around the corner. Which is hard to do sometimes, right? Especially if you already have all this anxiety and you're worried about bills. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely, it's kind of another habit to form. Like I did business development for years for all these design firms. And I used to get so attached to getting the work that it was just so stressful. And then if we didn't get it, I'd go into like depression like, it was terrible. So I just feel like this is a better way to live. Like, if I meant to get it, I'll get it. If, yeah. I'm, the, if I'm the right person for the project, it's going to work out on both sides. It's more about a fit on both sides than, than I have to get this person to work with me. One thing I try to tell myself is um, I look back the past, let's say, five, ten years at every setback that I've had, everything that at the time looked like a big setback. And then I ask myself, what good came out of that? In every situation, every time I've done this, something really, really good has come out of it. It, it, Maybe not like that same week, usually not. Mm -hmm. And um, there was I can't think of one where... Just nothing good came out of it. Mm-hmm. So, so then I, I, I tell myself, okay, so all these situations, something very good or at least something good came out of it, sometimes something life-changing. Why is that pattern going to change? It's not. So that helps me, at least for me, it helps me trust a little bit more mm-hmm. because that's mm-hmm. the thing. is, It's trust, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And if you can just, and it's not always easy to do. We're so patterned and the media, everything out there surrounding us, telling us not to trust anybody or anything. So it's, especially in these times with the state of the world, but if you, if you can get into a place of trust, um, it's just like, oh, (laughs) like it's just such a relief. Yeah. Even if things don't look so good, because, you know, everyone that works on their own, it can be up and down at times. There's no one else to kind of cheer you up. You're there on your own. You've just lost a major opportunity. It seems like the world's going to end. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't really get like that anymore. So, so. tell me about strategy number seven. Oh, stop being a victim. So this I hear a lot, um, especially with freelancers. It's the economy. If this, if the damn economy would just approve, then I could make be successful. Or you know, I just have these crappy clients, and that's why I can't be successful. And like you're the person that's attracting the clients. So again. Take a look, take a look at yourself, and it might be hard to hear for people, but really, I'm pretty candid about it. That you know, if you don't like what you're getting, it's you. It's not so. It's really about stepping up and taking responsibility. And you know, especially since like the economic downturn in 2009, it was like. I just can't, I constantly hear about the economy, constantly, you know, I have one friend that never stops talking since then, since 2009, she never stops complaining about the economy, and I've had some of my most successful years since then, so, um, you know, I just don't pay attention to it, and actually, um, I think I learned that from Jack Canfield. He, right around 2009, when things were crashing down everywhere in the United States, and Jack did a teleclass and basically told everybody not to pay attention to the media, to just decide that you were going to be fine and just not go there, just stay positive. And he talked about different opportunities for people, even in a bad economy, and just talked about people who they saw opportunity and, um, you know, grabbed it and became extremely successful, even in a bad economy. So I just don't pay attention to any of that anymore. I know that if things aren't going well, I just take responsibility and I try to look at myself and think, okay, um, what's my role in this? Or is there something I can do differently? And um, just, just start... Like, I let go of that whole victim thing, like, a really long time ago. It's just, again, a lot of negative energy around that. Well, and you know what? To clarify, a lot of people might say, yeah, but look at myself, but it's not me. Like, it's my – the industry I'm in is just – it's been dying for the past 10 years. You know, I I still say you can look at yourself and realize, okay, here's what that looks like. Um, Okay, so the industry is dying you're making the choice to stay there. So what can you do to move into a sector that's maybe thriving or doing at least a little bit better than where you are right now? That's still under this umbrella of looking at yourself, right? Or, yeah. Or, I mean, you don't have to do it the way you've always been doing it. And that's where, you know, I'm, you know, that's where the graphic designers are really, they're stuck in the old ways of doing things. Like they're doing it all the old way and, and now they're becoming commodities and, you know, probably many writers are doing the same thing as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. The commoditization of content creation. So people aren't being original. They're afraid to reinvent themselves or try something new. Um, they're not connected to clients and not sort of forward thinking. They're just kind of staying stuck in a rut and then, and then complaining about it. 
So that that leads to to number eight about just stop worrying about money. So tell me tell me more about that. I mean, that's kind of been been kind of the underlying theme here so far. But give us some more ideas there. Well, um, I guess about two years ago, I decided to shift gears. I started out doing coaching and consulting for basically entrepreneurs in general. And then I saw that there was a real need in the design industry and, you know, that's my background and everything. So I decided to focus there. And when I changed the focus, I had to redo my website, redo everything and things got really quiet. But at the same time, my significant other asked me if I'd help out with marketing for his food company. And he couldn't pay me a lot, just like $700 a week, but he said he could use my help a couple of days. So I said, okay. And it was interesting because just that $700 a week, I completely stopped worrying about money. And, you know, a month later, I got a huge branding project where I made, I made like $50,000 or something for one project. So it was interesting because as soon as I stopped worrying about money, all this other stuff started flowing into my life. So I was feeling more positive. I was like, okay, I've got this little bit of money coming in every week now, so this is fine. This will this will uh, help me over the crunch here till I get things going with my new um, my new offers. So it was it was really great that way. Well, so so here's what I'm curious about: um, what daily habits or practices can help people chill out? Because I think this is this is a big problem. This like constant worry is. I feel it's only getting worse with many people. Mm-hmm. And I speak from experience. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm yeah. not preaching here. I just. Are there any daily practices or habits that you think can help? You mentioned meditation earlier. Have you found things like that um, can help you kind of chill out overall? Yeah. It's hard to do when you first start because your mind goes crazy, crazy busy. But if you keep at it, uh, meditation definitely works. You can kind of get yourself into a very deep, quiet place. And, you know, I meditate on and off. I don't do it every day. But I find that when I do it every day, I feel better. And the other thing is, I find my days to be more productive. So everybody says they don't have the time to meditate. But I feel like the day stretches out, even if it's 10, 15 minutes to meditate. And I have one friend who uh, works out first in the morning and then meditates like does a workout and then does 15 10 or 15 minutes of meditation and so I I do that sometimes and that sort of kind of gets all that excess stress or energy out and then you can sort of settle down the gratitude the writing gratitude is a good practice and a lot of these things don't take up a lot of time but it's just a habit you can form it's just getting into the habit of it that, you know, because you could do it five minutes in the morning when you get out of bed. Sometimes I journal first thing in the morning. Like I do stream of consciousness writing where you just, similar to what you do, where you, I just write just whatever comes out of my head. It's like just dumping everything. Yeah. And 
And sometimes great ideas come through that because it's more like not your thinking mind. It's more from your intuitive, like a more intuitive place than your thinking mind. So um, that's a great thing. A walk outside. Nature's always great. Music's always great. I mean, all this there's just so much noise out there. I don't listen to the news at all, ever. Like I hardly know what's going on. Good I just advice. know the I just know the minimum that I need to know, and um, so I don't listen to that because you know it's always negative. They're never going to talk about how something great happened or someone did something great. Um, I I watch Oprah, Super Soul Sunday, fantastic always inspirational i don't i try not to go to violent movies although my boyfriend really likes violent movies so i have to compromise sometimes it's a guy thing Sorry. <laughs> i think it's a guy thing. <laughs> so um i just keep myself really away from negativity and it's you know it's not always easy but i have I surround myself with positive people and like I've come a really long way in the last 10, 10 years or so. So like, I'm very protective of that as well. And I really feel my way through things more as opposed to thinking about it. I kind of feel about it. Like, does that seem good? Does that seem like it's going to be good for me? And I kind of listen to what my gut says. Nope not going to be good. Like you can get a sense if you start really listening, if you're going in the right direction or you're not going in the right direction. So I just kind of feel my way through things now rather than like sitting, thinking about everything in my head. But you know, there's all sorts of things. There's tons, there's tons of books to read and classes to take. And you know, if people are interested um, there's lots of resources and information out there, but my, that book that I read, Ask and It Is Given by Jerry and Esther Hicks, that was kind of where I started. It's all torn and tattered now because I've read it a million times, but I still go back to that and, and the stuff in there is quite brilliant. So what I'm hearing is, look, in order to develop, cause it's easy to say, look, stop worrying, but in order to develop that uh, that worry-free kind of mindset, you have to do a lot of different things. And we've been talking about many of these, and I'm glad you shared some of the other practical ideas because it's not going to necessarily happen overnight, but just taking those first few actions, right? This is This is kind of like developing that new muscle. Exactly. It's like working out. Like, you know, go to the gym and do, you know, lift a 100-pound weight the first day. So it's like working, it's just, you know, hopefully the people that, that are hearing this will start to just become aware that there's a different way and, um, and try some of these things. And the other thing is people have to be a lot kinder to themselves. Like um, everyone's so hard on themselves and especially freelancers, you know, you're freelance so that you have the freedom. So if you're having a bad day, go out and go to the movies or meet a friend for coffee and just forget it. Yeah. <laughs> Stop banging your head against the wall. So what's the next, we got two, two strategies left. What's, what's the next one? So I talked about doing the internal work. Um, 
So I've talked a lot about that, looking at your life, looking at yourself, Mm -hmm. um, taking action. I mean, you always want to take positive action in your business, like working with someone, getting assistance to help, whether it's a coach or whoever, taking definite action, but while doing the internal work, it's kind of a combination. Um, and the last one is believing in yourself, plain and simple, and loving what you do. Um, you know, if you're not loving what you do, it's, it makes sense. And I'm sure it probably makes more sense to you after listening to this. But if you're not loving what you do, and you're in a negative place, and you're talking about it in your mind all day, you're not really going to get anywhere. So a lot of people are holding on to businesses or even jobs that they hate, and they're, they're afraid to let go because they're afraid nothing else will come along. But what I talked about earlier is those open spaces where new things come along. Yes. And believing in yourself, I find too, Rhonda, that you know sometimes you have to take baby steps. So sometimes it's not about necessarily firing that big client that you can no longer stand. Sometimes you know you there's you got to take several steps in that direction. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you have to exactly. be responsible too, right? You know, but but start taking steps in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, I've been on this path since 2001, so you know we're at 2015. It's a lifelong journey, really. Yeah. Yeah, you never quite arrive. Yeah, maybe like the Dalai Lama. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, that's unfair comparison. <laughs> well, this is this is really solid stuff. I guess you know, it, it, as we wrap this this up, any anything that I didn't ask you about, or if, if you had any any advice here that we haven't yet addressed. Somebody, one of my gurus and coaches gave me this amazing, well, a couple of amazing nuggets recently. Um, continually ask yourself what else is possible. You don't need an answer, but almost live in that space. What else is possible? Mm-hmm. How can I create more in my life? So, And then ideas come to you. And the other thing is, which I kind of mentioned before, is go where it feels light. If it doesn't feel light, don't go there. So if you're making decisions about your business, just stop and see, does it feel light? Does it feel heavy? Feels heavy? Forget it. Don't go there. It's not going to work out for you. Um, It always works out when you go to what feels light. And by light, what do you mean exactly? Like light. You feel happy, energized. Yeah. You know, you just kind of feel like, oh, wow, I like that. As opposed to like, oh, <laughs> you know, like I can't, I just okay. can't, you know, I've got a sick feeling in my stomach and I can't get myself to go there. Which is different from you feel excited, but at the same time you feel fear. Um, that might still be a good thing because I think yeah. there's a natural reaction sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But if you start paying attention to that, you start to notice if something feels light or if it feels heavy. Yeah. Good stuff, Rhonda. Um, so thank you for sharing these ideas with us. And, you know, nothing here, uh, well, I shouldn't say nothing. Many of these things may not sound revolutionary, but I know in my case, and I know for many of my listeners, these are really good reminders. These are really, really good reminders. And I think if, if you kind of can, you can look at the, the summary in the show notes, which I'll, I'll, I'll provide for everyone. Um, if you kind of remind yourself 
of these these checkpoints um, and start moving in the right direction. This could be a huge help. I know you've reminded me of some things that I had really stopped doing. So thank you for that. Um, You're welcome. So where can people learn more about you? Where can I send them? Where can they read more of your of your work? Um, they can go to loveyourclients.com. And tell us a little bit about what they'll find there. They'll find different programs for graphic design and branding firms, both large and smaller and freelancers. Um, all different things. How the industry's changing, where it's going in the future, programs about business development. There's like a whole bunch of different different things there. Well, Rhonda, thanks so much again. I appreciate you sharing these ideas with us. Thanks for coming on the show. You're very welcome. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview. And again, I wanted to remind you that you can grab the detailed show notes for the episode at b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 93. I have one last thing for you. I am going to be making a couple of really cool announcements, a couple of things that I'm very, very excited about. And I'm making those announcements. It's two separate announcements over the next two weeks. So keep an eye out for those announcements in your inbox. If you're not already on my mailing list, you can get on there very easily by going to b2blauncher.com. You'll see the sign up form there on the right. I'll also send you a uh, free guide uh, along with that for, for subscribing. So if you're not already on my list, just go there real quick. It takes a couple of seconds and you'll get all my announcements uh, and, of course, podcast updates, other freebies and other cool stuff. So that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. This has been Ed Gandia. Have yourself an awesome day. The High Income Business Writing Podcast is a production of B2B Business Launcher. Learn more at b2blauncher.com.